Welcome to Epiphany Brooklyn's podcast. I am Brandon Watts, lead pastor here at Epiph. Thanks so much for tuning in. Our desire is to join Jesus in his mission to redeem our city. May God bless you as you listen and consider subscribing so that you can tune in each week. Praise the Lord God Almighty. God bless you, family. Good afternoon. Thank you all for joining us. Special shout out to the first time visitors, man. Thank you uh, just for taking the time to make it out here with us today. It's a special moment. Um, I pray that whatever thirst that God would put in you, that he would fulfill it today. Uh, just to put my credentials out there, put out my expertise and all that stuff. I'm an expert at messing up. So I guess that's why they put me up here to preach. <laughs> uh, those titles, man, uh, were pretty good these past couple of weeks. Our um, brother, Pastor Timmy, came through with the first one about the, uh, debunking the myth of the, the curse with a curse and the giving and tithes. And I felt some kind of way. Like, they're giving these brothers these titles. Gave him a, a preaching about money and, and giving and, you know, to give the, the wealthy a sermon like that so that, you know, he could preach it. And then the, the following week, a brother Vernon from Epiphany Philly came through to speak about consumerism and, 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 and serving within the church. So I'm like, all right, so, you know, he must be a, a good, you know, a servant. He must serve a lot in the church. Then they give me a message about messiness and sin and, and, and getting your life together and all that. <laughs> hey, praise God. I thank God for our, our, our pastor, Pastor Brandon Watts and our and our pastor, Pastor Timmy, man, for the opportunity that they have given me to be able to stand before you. But enough of the small talk stuff, and let's get into the word, because as, as every time you got so much to say, it's like time flies, and, and I, I just want to be able to just, just go in. So we're going to get into today with uh, the book of Luke, and chapter 5 through uh, verse 27 to 32. And as you look for it, just a quick background, as you open up your Bibles, your apps, and all that good stuff, uh, chapter 5, you see uh, the miracles of Jesus going down. Uh, we see him first uh, with Peter. Uh, Peter's out there fishing. He's a professional uh, fisherman, fisherman and, and suddenly he just can't catch any fish. And Jesus comes through. He's like, hey, man, put, uh, put your net on the other side. And all of a sudden he catches a whole lot of fish. So, bam, miracle right there. And then we, he, he was walking and he starts healing people, people who are paralyzed. He comes through and he starts healing people. Uh, and, and then in chapter 5, you continue to see that uh, people who have leprosy, like he, he's healing them. And although like you can't touch them, but I love how Jesus does the opposite. Like, what do you mean I can't touch it? I'm God. Bam. It's healed in the name of Jesus. Well, in my name, right? So, and, and people, like people are like, he's out there healing and and. and and people are seeing his, his healing power, and they're in awe, just glorifying God. We, we have a group of people just honoring God because of the way he's healing. Then we have another group of people just hating, like just mad at Jesus. Like, how are you not only healing but forgiving people? Like, only God could do that. Well, ha, 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 Jesus is God. So that's why he has the power to not only heal, but he also has the power to forgive. Again, he has the power to not only heal, uh, he has the power to forgive. And, and that brings us to where we're at right now in verses 27 through 32, where we meet our, our boy Levi, a tax collector. And I will begin to read now. It says, in, starting in verse 27, after this, after all the healing he did, Jesus went out 
and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax office. And he said to him, follow me. So leaving everything behind, he got up and began to follow him. Then Levi hosted a grand banquet for him at his house. Now there was a large crowd of tax collectors and others who were guests with them. But the Pharisees and the scribes were complaining to his disciples, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus replied to them, it is not those who are healthy who need a doctor, but those who are sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Sinners to repentance. Preaching from today, today's title is Christ and the Messy You. Christ and the messy you. You all got want to speak to you today? You all want God to speak to you today? Well, so do I. So let's pray. Let's get it in. Help us, God. Awesome God. We give you glory, honor, and praise, Lord. There is no one like you. Beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega, Lord God. Lord, I pray that you would speak to our souls today, God. I pray that we would leave different today, Lord God. Speak to our souls, God, and restore us in the areas that need to be restored, God. In the areas that need healing, I pray for the healing power, Father God. Lord, in everything that we do, we just pray that we would glorify you and honor you, God. I pray that I would preach this sermon as if it's the last one I would ever preach, God. Lord, that you would be honored and that you will one day say, well done, my good and faithful servant. God, I pray that I would decrease and that you would increase. Not to me, but to you be all the glory to now and forever. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. 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 Hallelujah. So I'm the father of three girls, six, four, and my wife is five months pregnant right now. So let's start this 40-day, 40-night prayer on fasting because, you know, I'm a need. All right, and, and man, and so they're here now, so I can't even look. Um, it's something about having kids that I didn't realize before having kids. It's like these kids really know how to ask for things. And, and, and they ask for some crazy stuff. So, like, my, my daughters, just, they just love asking for toys, right? It's just toys. Let me get this toy. And I get it. That's kids. That's what we do, right? We ask for toys. But, like, we can't even take it on Target without asking for some type of toy. Like, if it was safe, I'll just leave them in the car and I'll just go by myself to get my toilet paper. But it doesn't work that way. I got to, you know, be that good father and take them inside with me me but here's the thing they're not just asking for your average toys you know it's not just like your big blocks that you won't get hurt over or anything like that my kids want to ask for the messiest toys that you could ever think of like it just gets the whole house dirty like they'll they'll ask for things like like sand like sand, like sand, like the worst is I had somebody give me sand one time like, so they could play with it. We hid it in the hamper in our bathroom for months, no joke, until we entered out the hamper and my little one who's about to go into the bathroom right now found it. God bless you, Todd. I love you. Right? And then not only that, but now like, like they're asking for, for glue and it's not just white Elmer's glue or, or glue sticks. And let me get some neon glue that glows in the dark and it's just a messy. And, and now, God forbid, oh my goodness, Lord, help me. Like, like that's a slime, right? Like you don't even need to be a parent to know about this slime stuff. And, and, and they're trying to make slime. And you know, I promise you, I love my kids. Like, I know you all looking at me like this guy. I promise you, I really do love my kids. But I don't love the mess. And, and then when we go shopping, I got to count the cost. Like, not only financially, although they think, like, I have unlimited amount of money. 
But I got to count the cost of how messy it will be. Like my wife and I were literally like, ah, that's a mess right there. I don't know if I want to buy it. Like close your eyes. I don't want to look that direction. And, that, and I promise you I love my kids, but I don't want to buy this messy stuff. But God is a better father than I am. And God doesn't put the mess back on the shelf. God looks at our messiness and he purchases the messiness of us by his son, Jesus Christ. He purchased all of our mess with the blood of Jesus Christ. And if you just happen to just check out, fall asleep, and it's okay if you do it. Look, I take no offense if you fall asleep. It's all good. But let me tell you this, that God loved you so much that he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die for your sins so that you will not be cursed with hell but have eternal life in heaven. So he is a good father and he looks at our messiness, doesn't ignore it. As a matter of fact, he welcomes it and he purchases it with the blood of Jesus Christ. So today, with the little bit of time that I have left, I want to speak to you about our messiness. You and I, our messiness. And I I want to debunk this lie that tells us you got to get your life together before you come to God. Don't let him lie to you. I, I want to just, just take away this, 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 this lie that, that says that God will not accept your mess. He accepts it. He welcomes it. He wants it. He wants you with your mess. And we look at what the scripture we read in Luke chapter 5, and we see uh, an interesting character by the name of Levi, the tax collector. In verse 27, after all that Jesus had done, Jesus went out and he saw a tax collector. So it's interesting. I love that they put the, 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 his title, uh, uh, his profession there, because a tax collector during this time is a big deal. Like, you're not easily liked by people. You work for the Roman government who done took over Israel. So now there's a problem because you're looked as a collaborator. You're looked at as a traitor. You're working with the enemy and you're collecting our taxes. So at one point, you're an enemy. You're working with the enemy. At another point, not only are you working with the enemy, but tax collectors would increase the taxes a little bit more, not so that they could, they could give it to the government, but so that they could give it to their pockets. So if taxes are really 3%, they want to charge you 5% and keep that 2%. So not only are they looked at as collaborators, but now they're looked at as extortioners. Some would even call them robbers and thieves. So now Romans didn't even like them because like, you're, you're, you're stealing from your own people. And uh, Jews didn't like him because you're stealing from us. So now you're not accepted socially by the Romans and you're not even accepted religiously by the Jews. And we got a problem. This is a messy situation. He is despised. Uh, Sorry if anybody has a a profession, no offense to you. He's looked at as a parking authority. (laughs) You all get it, right? Look, if if you are one, get yours. Just like Levi did. But man, like, I, I'm sorry, you can't be my boy, but giving me a ticket because I went over on the meter. Like, I, I can't, like, especially in your own hood, like, no, like, you can't, no, like, God bless them. I, look, if you, hey, I'm, my views, opinions do not affect, are not views of epiphany turrets, they're mine. So, uh, uh, 
the tax collectors, at one point, John the Baptist in chapter 3 of the book of Luke, he's out there preaching, and people repenting, and people getting baptized, and the tax collectors come to John after repenting and being baptized, after being um, becoming a, a Christian, although, whatever, and they ask John, what do I got to do now? John tells them, stop stealing. Like, stop taking from people. And stop all the false accusations. I love the fact that they, it was after they came to Christ that they asked what they should do. Not before they came to Christ and asked what they should do. Because many times we come to Christ before we come to Christ, if that makes sense, and ask, Lord, before I come to you, what should I do? But no, it's after that we come to Christ when there is a complete transformation or regeneration of our heart through the work of the Holy Spirit that says, now that I am saved, what do I do? Because religion tells you you got to get your life together before coming to Christ. But Christ says, nah, I got my life together so that you then could get your life together. And that's the power of Jesus. So he, he saw the, the Levi, the, the, the tax collector. Now it brings me to my first point. That Jesus sees the messy us. Jesus sees the messy us. He paid attention to someone that nobody paid attention to. He, he paid attention to, to that person that everybody was despised, that everybody just hated. He, Jesus paid attention to him. He could have just walked right on by, but he decided to stop. After all the work that he's been doing, he decided to stop and, and, and look at Levi, the tax collector. The same way he's looking at you. The same way he saw the messy tax collector is the same way that he's looking at the messy us. And he doesn't just look at the... Uh, the Sunday us. He doesn't just look at the, Mon the, 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 the 11.30 service us. He's looking at the Monday through Saturday us. He's not only looking at the rated G, rated PG us. He's looking at the rated R and the rated X us. And as a matter of fact, he could handle the rated X us. And he loves the rated X us. And he welcomes the rated X us. So now, so you don't got to fake the funk like because you're only the rated G. God can handle it. He's not like, oh, snap, you saw that? He's not talking to the Trinity like, yo, that's great. You saw it. What a surprise. <laughs> he sees us at our worst, and he sees us where we're actually trying to act our best, but we can't just get it. He sees us. He sees you. When you think nobody saw you. He saw you before you were even born. As a matter of fact, while you were in your mother's womb and his canvas painting you, he done saw you and he sees every step. He sees when you sit down and when you stand up. And he still loves you. It's crazy. Unfortunately, I'm afraid too many of us are living life as if he does not see us. I'm afraid that we are living life as atheists, as if there is no God. I'm afraid that we are ignoring the fact that he is omnipresent and there at all times. I'm afraid that we're living life as he is not omniscient, right? As if he is not all-knowing. It scares me because I don't want to see anybody going to hell. If we are in this place, I want us to go to heaven together. Not burning in eternity, but worshiping forever. I pray that if we live in life as if God does not see us, that we would just stop and, and, and repent of our sins and take God serious. God is looking. 
And he doesn't only look at our flaws and our messiness, but he's looking at our struggles. He, he's looking at our trials. He's looking at us in our tribulations. He's watching us as we suffer. He's watching us as we're on our knees, crying, boogers coming out, asking him, Lord, please help me. He's looking at your marriage breaking apart, and he knows about it. He's looking at your kids going the different direction, and he knows about it. And guess what? He cares. He sees. And he wants you. He wants you with your baggage. He wants you with your burdens. He's telling some of you now, give me your burdens. Give me all of your weights. Stop holding it. Release it. Take my yoke. Mine is light. And give me yours. Look, some of us need some rest. And I'm not talking about no physical rest. I'm talking about some spiritual soul rest. And God wants to give us that today. And he sees the tiredness that we're going through. And he wants to give us this rest. God cares. He sees the, the messy us. Uh, I love how Peter says in 1 Peter 5, 7, he says, cast your anxieties to him. Why? Because he cares. Look, man, my counselors care. I'm a, I'm a counselor. I, I care. We care when we sit in front of you. Your friends care. Your family cares. Go ahead and, and do all of that. But there's something that, 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 that God could do that they cannot do. And that's something that, they, that, that save your soul. And I love that, that God sees the mess of us and he wants us just like that. So you don't got to try to fix it. You don't got to try to change anything before coming to him. Come to him. And if you have not done so yet, today is the day of salvation where you could come to Jesus today. You don't have to wait another day. He sees Levi. And, and, and I love the fact that Levi wasn't in the synagogue when Jesus saw him. Uh, uh, Levi was in the office. Levi was actually doing the messy stuff. Levi was out on the block while Jesus approached him. And some of you are, God's approaching you right now while you're in your messy mess. Look, man, I wish I could stand here and tell you I was raised in the church. I came out of my mother's womb singing hallelujah. Early in the morning, I will praise your name. Like, I wasn't in church when God approached me singing, let it rain, let it rain. I was on the block, drunk out my mind at age of 21 when somebody came to me telling me about Jesus. All right, man, I was sniffing coke when God approached me. Can I say, it's cool to say that, right? You can't tell me that God won't approach you in your mess. And if that's not enough, let's look at scripture. Old Testament, Adam and Eve got in the biggest mess that you will ever get into. It is doing one thing that they were not supposed to. But God, in his mercy and his love, killed some animals and cleaned up their mess. If that's not enough, let's look at Moses, who just had to not kill somebody. But he goes around and starts killing people. But God cleans up his mess and uses him to deliver his people. Oh, that's not enough? Let me take you to Rahab in Jericho, who was known as the prostitute, as a, pros a messy prostitute, and God uses her so that her his people could take over the land. Oh, that's not enough? Let me take you to David, who was a king, a man after God's own heart, who committed adultery, lied, and killed, and God still loved him. Oh, that's not enough. Let me look at Paul, who done wrote more than half of the New Testament and persecuted Christians. One more, please, if I just may. Maybe two. Because my boy Peter, who was considered Jesus' homie, right? Jesus' homeboy, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Denied Jesus more than once. Oh, that's not enough? Look at your neighbor. 
pior, Messi. See, he comes to you. And he does not, he comes to you and he's not here to point the finger at you. He's not here to get revenge at you. He's not here to condemn you. He's here to save you. He's here to clean you. He's here to love you. Man, he's here to marry you. I want that. It's a good husband. I know that sounds weird, but whatever. You got it. God, Jesus calls, he, he sees the messy us, man, and he, he doesn't wait for us to, to come to have it all together. He actually uh, sees us in, in our mess, and, and that's what he did with Levi while he was still there in the tax office. So my point one was Jesus sees the messy us. Point two, uh, Jesus calls the messy us. He calls the Messias, and after he approaches Levi, he told him, follow me. Follow me. And I love this because it just shows the love of God, and it shows the love that Jesus has for sinners, that he didn't wait. He, he, he didn't tell Levi, hey, um, stop sinning, uh, stop, uh, stop doing this, and, and, and here's a list, and you got to complete this list before you come back to the office. He's not like the DMV, right? It's like, oh, no, you ain't got it together. You got to come back. And then you think you got it all together, and you still don't got it all together. And, and, and nah, he said, follow me. And, 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 man, and Levi, man, he didn't even ask questions. He, he didn't ask for the coordinates. He didn't ask who was going to be there. He didn't ask what should I wear. None of that stuff. Because a lot of people do that, right, when you invite them to church. So what should I wear? What kind of church is this? Now, <laughs> lucky I ain't come with my sandals. You know, I love them things. So, like, and, and then you got to tell them, not just come, just, just, just come, just come, just, just come as you are, right? And that's what he does. He, he just tells them, follow me. In other words, I want you. Exactly how you are, I want you. And God may be telling some of you right now, I want you. Exactly how you are. In the midst of your filthiness, in, in the midst of your, your messy life, in, in the midst of your sin, man, who do you think allows you to go through that messy life? There's no mess that you would go through that God does not allow, knowing that he has a response for you. Knowing that he has a way out for you. I don't know about you, but when my mother used to call me, she, uh, there was no way I could have just responded from the other room. She's like, Chove! I'm like, hey! No, she's like, oh no, I'm sorry. Chove, what? I, I just got flashbacks there. I, I couldn't because I would hear silence. She'll call me again. And then she'll extend my, so she calls me Chove, and then Choveto, and when it gets longer, it's a problem. So the first call is Chove. And it's Chobeto. And wow. And silence. And then after a while, like, All right, I get it. I got to go over to her. She's like, look, when I call you, I'm not asking you to scream to me. I'm telling you to come to me. And I didn't I, I get it. See, because what? God. God is holy. What, 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 what's up, Lord? What? I get we want to refer to Jesus as our homeboy and all that stuff, but God is almighty. He's our Lord. He's our God. We are to give reverence to him and say, yes, Lord, here I am. <laughs> How can I serve you? And, 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 and three times where my mom, she would be like, just, just give me the controller. Like it's right next to you. 
And we think that the jobs that God gives us are so little, but there is a greater picture to what the work he wants to do in us and through us. Don't you think that you were the main star of this movie? It's all about God. You may be just a little corner of an ear of the movie being used for his glory. And there'd be times when I get there, so like, what was I calling you for again? But God does not forget. He calls us in spite of our mess. We have two options. Can you reject that call or accept that call? Reject or accept it. And even a delay is a rejection. God's not, you can't tell God five minutes from now. Crazy. Like, no, it's now. And here's where many would say, wait, God, I, I got to get my life together before I say yes. But you never have your life together. That's like doing laundry. Like, you'll never have all your clothes washed for as long as you wash your clothes. Okay? You think you got it all together, all folded, and you look in the mirror, and oh, I got clothes on. I got to wash this stuff too. <laughs> Unless you go to the laundromat with, uh, but that's just awkward anyway. But, but I get it. Like, we want to try to get our lives together and, 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 and we do this a lot, right? We go to the dentist. And we know we've got a dentist appointment. And we ain't flossing days. But all of a sudden, we want to floss before going to the dentist. Right? And we want to brush real quick. We don't want to eat anything hours before we go to the dentist. Hoping that we'll get the A and say, hey, good job. You've been flossing. And you go and, and, and or you make excuses. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I just finished eating. That's why I got food in between my teeth. And then the dentist comes through with, an audible, and, and, and they come through with the, with the x-ray. <laughs> and they show you things that you didn't know that was there. That flaws cannot get out. And there's things in our life that we try to get out, and it's, it's no, nothing but God, but the power of the blood of Jesus will not get out of our life. And we do this a lot, right? Like, but it's crazy because we don't go to, I've I never gone to the barbershop, but before going to the barbershop, I gave myself a haircut. This doesn't make sense. That's why I go to the barbershop. Like, you ever do your nails before going to the nail salon? Right? Like, who tries to get their life together before going to where they're supposed to get their life together? But, so, it's crazy because, like, I was working at a jail, and you got the old heads, and you got the young heads. And then to ask the old heads, hey, that's it, you're done with this lifestyle? It's like, hey, man, I'm done. That's it. I'm done. I'm going home. I'm going to church. Good. And then you got the young heads, like, yo, are you done with this? That's it, man. And they'll tell me like this, no, nah, I, got, I got another bid in me. I, I got more push-ups to do, meaning I still got more crime to commit, and I know I could come back. And doesn't that sound crazy? Right? But it sounds crazy to you because you know your freedom. When we know our freedom in Christ, it sounds crazy why anybody would wait another second to come to the feet of Jesus. So us who are free in Christ, I tell you today, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Don't give up our eternal joy in Christ for a temporary high. It doesn't make sense to the free. But some people, it's not because they want to try to get their life together, but it's because they're ashamed of all of their sins, and they know how holy God is, so they don't want to present themselves before a holy God as an unholy person. But brothers and sisters, I hate to break it to you, but we will always have a hint of sin in our life. 
And that's actually why Jesus came to this earth so that he could save us in the midst of our sins. And I understand that we have that shame, but God tells you, come to the throne of grace, not in shame, but with your head up high in confidence, knowing that the blood of Jesus has given you full access to the throne of grace. That's the VIP right there. When you go to a club, although I know nobody goes to a club here, right? Right, and, and, and they open up, up that red velvet thing and you feel like a swear. And you walking in there like you somebody. Well, we got the blood of Jesus walking you right into the throne of grace because you are somebody into a God. You are a child of the most high God. And, and take advantage of that access you have. And Levi, I love it because uh, he responds to Jesus by leaving everything behind. He done left his job. He left his government job. A government job, yo. And, and see, and the thing is, this wasn't a, a fisherman's job like Peter where if it didn't work out, he could just pick up a fishing rod and start fishing again. This was a government job for Herod that if he would give it, he wouldn't be able to go back and work at that job. He's surrendering all for the Lord God Almighty. And that's how we respond to the king. And I know this is tough, but Jesus says, if you want to be my disciple, forsake it all and follow me. The greatest thing that you could ever leave behind is the old self. But don't worry about it because God does not leave you naked. He gives you a new self so that you can put on every single day a new self into God's likeness and righteousness and purity of truth. Doesn't leave you out there by yourself. Final point, maybe, I don't know, depends. Point number three, we saw God sees us, God sees the messy us, he calls the messy us. Uh, God, Jesus, he dwells with the messy us. He dwells with the messy us. When he called Levi, man, Levi hosted a great banquet, man, a great dinner. He's out there, man. He left his words, come, telling all his people, all his tax collector buddies and all his friends, like, look, yo, I got, I got, look, man, I found Jesus. Come, everybody come. It's like when you, you know, like you find that good spot, you know, like that good restaurant, you want to take everybody to, like a satisfied customer, right? Not a critic. A critic would look at the food and start judging and start, nah, Levi was a satisfied customer as we are when we step into the presence of God, that we start taking pictures and everything and telling the whole entire world, look at Jesus, come and join me into this great celebration. He tells everybody the same way that when we come into contact with the great God Almighty, the King, the Savior, our Redeemer, we tell everybody about his grace, his mercy, and his love. Because who wants to go to heaven by themselves? So we tell the world about a forgiving God who loves the messy us and takes us to heaven with him. He celebrates Jesus and, and, and dinner. And I love this dinner because this dinner is a symbol of intimacy, uh, of unity, of a friendship. So they went from enemies to friends. Like us, we were born, all of us born as enemies of God. But because of the work of Jesus Christ on that cross, when we say yes to Jesus, we become a child of God. Not only a friend, but a child of God. And he welcomes us to this dinner table. There's a greater banquet, brothers and sisters. And God is knocking on all of our hearts, asking us. Not even asking, I hate to say he's asking us. Because God kicked in my door. He He knocks. He wants to dine with us. But there's a greater banquet. 
where we will all be, all of us, redeemed, all of us, no longer a mess, but now we are redeemed, sanctified. We are made perfect and glorified in heaven, waiting for our groom to come for the supper of the Lamb. And when we come in contact with Jesus for eternity, we won't help but say, holy, holy, holy. We will get our crowns, look at it like this does not belong to me, and cast it to the feet of Jesus, because it all belongs to him. I don't know about you, but I'm excited about going to heaven. And I want to see you there. The Pharisees, man, they were at the table, and they didn't like the guest list. But the problem was, they didn't know they were a mess too. So the difference between one and the other is one knew they were a mess, and the other one didn't. See, uh, um, the problem is that we see... uh, it's not Jesus that the mess of people don't want to come to. They're not the reason they don't come. It's the, it's the other messy people why they don't come. All right? So let us be the first messy people and invite rather than question why it is that they're here. It's those that think that they have it all together that would reject those that know that they don't have it all together. But they need grace too, so let us not look at them like, they're the problem. See, the problem was that they believed that they were Gentiles and God would not come to Israel unless Israel was pure. And the tax collectors and other sinners were messing up this purity. So God would not come back. Little did they know that not only did God come back, but God was actually sitting at the table with them. He is in their presence and they are in his presence. So brothers and sisters, he is with us here today in our presence, and we are in his presence. And Jesus debunks the fact that he won't come back. Because in verse 31, he says, in verse 32, he says, I have not come to call the righteous. He came to call the sinners to repentance. He came. He didn't only dwell with Levi and the Pharisees, but by his grace, he's dwelling with us today. He is Emmanuel. God with us. And he is here today, brothers and sisters. So if you have your messiness, if you brought it good, he wants that. Oh, you're not going to try to hide it from him. He's, he's seen it already. He synced it. Right? And, and we don't need to try to clean up our mess before coming to him. And the problem is when we say we want to clean up our mess, that just means I want to clean up my symptoms. I want to see the surface level stuff that you see. But no, the, the Anybody could do that. And Amy's could do that. That's not, that's, that's easy. It's like stopping addiction and stopping all this outer. That's, that's the easy part. Tell you what the hard part is? Being forgiven of your sins. Because that's the core issue. And that's the issue that we've all been born with. But there's one, only one thing that could wash away our blood, our, our sins. And only the blood of Jesus could wash away our sins. And our messiness is literally the reason why God came unto this earth as a human being and born in a manger, lived on this earth, and died on that cross. Literally for your mess. So there is no need to try to hide this messiness of your life. Let me be a bad car salesman here because people think we come to Christ and we have it all together. We don't. And maybe we're not honest enough to tell people that. That's why they think they got to have their life together before coming to Christ. Does it get any easier to 
the closer you get. It actually gets harder. As soon as you accept Jesus Christ in your life as your Lord and your Savior, a contract is signed, and now you are at war with the enemy. And his job is to kill you, to destroy you, and to stop you from making it to heaven. But there is someone who is greater than the enemy. And he, God knows we would get into a mess. As a matter of fact, he left us somebody to help us with our messiness. He left us another helper who was just like Jesus, who's part of the Trinity, and that's the Holy Spirit. I'm reminded of this story. I work in a school now, and a teacher, she sent out an email asking somebody to help her give her a boost because her battery died. And me, because I'm an expert at bad things happening to my car, and because I'm a Christian, actually because I'm a Christian and then, right? So, I so said, yeah, I'll help you, I got you. And my car done died enough times that it makes me feel like a mechanic. So I put the wires and all that stuff. I'm like, man, sis, I, like, I hope it's not an alternator because that's happened to me before and I hate when that happens. It's a lot of money and I'm not even encouraging her. I'm just being a bad sales, car salesman, right? And I give her a boost. She made it home. Thank God. And I saw the next day. I said, hey, Miss T, Miss T. So how, what happened? How did the car go? Oh, Mr. Novice, let me tell you. So I took it to the mechanic. And it was the alternator. I'm like, ugh. I said, no, 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 but it's fine. See, my father, he moved. He, he, he lives in, in Pakistan. But before he left, he knows the mechanic. And he gave the mechanic all the, 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 the tools and all the pieces for my car so that in, if ever I would ever get into a messy situation, it would be covered. I didn't even have to pay for, for the job to get done because my father paid for it already. Knowing the messiness that we would get into, God paid for us to get it together with the blood of Jesus. Not only that, but Jesus says, where I'm going, and this is speaking to my soul right now. Let me just think about it. This is, I'm going to download this podcast. This is good. He said, I'm going to leave you another helper, and that is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is not here to just give you butterflies in your stomach and for your hairs to stand up when you are in his presence. The Holy Spirit is the one that rose Jesus from the death. The Holy Spirit is the comforter. He is the convictor. He is the one that brings you to Jesus. He is the one that knocks on your heart and makes it from death to life. This is the Holy Spirit. And brothers and sisters, this is who God left us. So if you were in a messy situation and you think you can't come to Christ, I pray that you would ignore that lie and know that he loves you in spite of your mess. Your messiness actually qualifies you for his grace. God bless you, brothers and sisters. Bow our heads. Holy, holy, holy are you, God. Thank you for your amazing grace and mercy, Lord. For forgiving me, a wretched sinner, God. Thank you so much for just daily forgiving me, God. Lord, forgive me for the times that I've ignored you, for the times that I did not respond to your call as you wanted me to, God. Forgive me for my sins, for my iniquities, Lord, for failing you, God. And Lord, I thank you, God, because 
you paid the price for the messiness of my life, God. And I pray for my brothers and sisters who are here, Lord God, the, those who are struggling with their messiness, God, that you would encourage them, Lord, to always come back to you, Lord God, and never run away, but run to the throne of grace. For those who are struggling with salvation, I pray that today they would accept you as their Lord and Savior. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.